0: Welcome to As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. Today, we welcome Taproot guitarist and Riding with Killers frontman Taylor Roberts to the podcast. Riding with Killers released Full Circle back in December, and Taylor and I chatted in January. Taylor talks about his painting business, the struggle to find his place in the Gulf Coast scene, his love for Europe, balancing being in two bands, and a lot more. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, share it with someone else who might enjoy it. Tell a friend, share it on your socials, put it in your newsletter, however you connect with the world. Let people know what you like. You can find links to the newsletter, Patreon page, and Discord server in the show notes or at asthestorygrows.com. Enjoy today's chat with Taylor Roberts. <laughs>
1: Aside from all the music stuff, I, uh, I own and operate a painting business. Um, okay, I do commercial and residential that services all of the Metro Detroit area. So when I'm not on tour, um, this is what I do.
0: Nice, nice. What got you into painting as your non touring job?
1: So, um, well, my, uh, my grandpa kind of got me started on that when I was like four years old, like with like model airplanes and trains and shit like that. He actually, um, yeah. used to paint actual airplanes. Um, he was in the air force and I did telecommunications, wow. but when he retired, opened an airfield and that was kind of one of the things that he did to make money. So I had a really good start and then, um, that was like my first professional job i would say when i was 14 and i that's kind of what i always did when i would get off tour because like i could find work pretty easy and um I, i'm pretty quick at what i do especially nice. now that i have a crew of three people you know so like i can actually keep the business going if i have to go on the road now thankfully um that's awesome. but um yeah man it's just it's it's always been like i, I always say that my two trades in life are uh, painting and guitar.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) It's also that it's like this lifelong thing you have, like the I don't know the passion, but like this like other thing you have that is important to you, right?
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, and I mean, because the cool thing is, man, is is you know, like let's say things start blowing up with Taproot even more than they already are, and they get back to like that early two thousands level, and then things happen like that with riding with killers and. I, I hope and feel like it could happen in the future. Like I still want to have this painting business going. Cause like I, I enjoy working when I'm not off the road, I I can't sit still. And uh, eventually um, and, and, and like, I really do enjoy it. I do, but like, I want to move down to new Orleans, open up a branch down there and start working on historic homes and, and buildings. Cause that's my hometown area. And, you know, keep All a right. branch up here going, split my time between Detroit, and new Orleans. That's,
0: kind of the dream yeah yeah that's cool that's cool so you grew up in new orleans
1: uh i grew up around new orleans um i am originally from gulfport mississippi um and i was just in new orleans all all the time um i basically had an injury from birth with my left eye and i mean it's fine now but like i my specialist was over there so i was literally over there from like age two till almost 28 when i left because eventually um you know as i got older i started playing over there more and more and then my original band um from the coast we essentially kind of became the house band at house of blues um off of decatur And any time you know big national touring rock bands would come through they would hit us up because we could sell tickets and you know we 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 didn't suck either you know so like it was like okay we can put these guys with this band we know they're good for a hundred and fifty people, if not more, just depending on what the band slash what day of the week it is. Um, but they knew that we would draw and that we would put on a good show. So um, it, it's just it, it it feels like home more than 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 anywhere on like in Mississippi feels now like New Orleans. Just it I don't know. There's something very special about that city.
0: That's cool. That's cool. So, what got you into music?
2: Um.
1: Well i mean i always like i would uh, always find myself singing along on the radio when my mom was playing songs and like I, I i didn't start in rock music either like it was more like that 90s country mixed in with like pop and um and and things like that you know but like i, I was always drawn to those hooks and those choruses, you know the catchy songs that you're like oh shit! by the second chorus i'm singing along and then yeah. um just kind of evolved from there. And then my mom, uh, decided like, Oh, well, you know, I want to get him into some sort of, you know, musical thing. So she put me in school band and I started off an alto saxophone and, um, I really got a knack for it. Um, I've got ADHD. So I I kind of hyper-focused on all of that. And then, um, it all kind of changed though, when I heard the song between angels and insects by Papa Roach, um, I was hanging out with my best friend at the time, his family, the, the McBrides. Um, and they were the ones who showed me, you know, new metal and rock music and classic rock and everything. Um, and as soon as I heard that song, I was like, I was like, how did he make that sound? How did he do that? And <laughs> and then I was like, I, I, more Christmas. I was like, mom, I, I want to play guitar. And, um, and then the rest is kind of history.
0: Nice. Nice. At what point did, did, vocals and singing come in for you were you like always a vocalist or
1: um like i mean i've always sang i've always enjoyed singing I, I i was never like i'm not a trained singer and i actually just started um vocal lessons um this week with uh with ryan arini up at rock hill sound studios in uh, rochester michigan but um i always liked it um i always did backing vocals um in my old band um and i just i guess i was kind of afraid of my voice for a really long time so i was like well i'll find a singer who can who can do the thing and be the mouthpiece um and then whenever i quit that original band from the coast i was like man i don't i don't want to deal with finding another lead singer and i don't want to deal with you know not being the guy who's like i basically was like look i'm going to do it myself <laughs> um, and so I just kind of up and decided, okay, I'm going to sing. Cause you know, I, like I said, I had always done backing vocals. I had always enjoyed singing and I always wanted to write lyrics, you know, or be more involved in the lyric writing process because I felt like I had something to say. I felt like I had a story. And, um, when I left my band from the coast, I just was like, you know what, this is the time that, that I'm going to do it. And, um, I just, I jumped in and, and, and funny enough, um, to speak on the fact that like, I'm not trained at all. Um, I actually, during a recording session and, and I was recording hostility, um, it's that, uh, the really high note and the, the core or the, the pre-chorus, um, whenever I hit that, I essentially caused myself an inguinal hernia. Oh, Which was absolutely awful and terrifying like it was the worst surgery and recovery of my entire life. I was on my ass for probably three months almost. But um weirdly enough though, like I, I I I've healed, but like I can still tell sometimes at the end of a long day, like, hey, this happened. But weirdly it made me pay attention to my voice more. It made me like get a little more serious about my vocal health and um it it kind of helped me improve weirdly enough but like because i was pushing so hard and like i was hitting the notes but i wasn't getting there correctly you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and and so that really kind of opened my eyes to okay there is technique there is things that i need to learn and if i want longevity with with this kind of a career, I need to jump into lessons. And I finally found an in-person vocalist that I can go to. Cause like, I, I had a really wonderful singing and screaming lesson with, um, with Jakey from uh, the-, the original singer of Amaranth uh, okay. from Sweden. And uh, the screamer, um, oh my God, I-, I hope he doesn't hear this cause I'm-, I'm blanking on his name right now just cause it's been such a long, Andy, Andy, don't tell him I said it, I love you yeah. Andy if you hear this i fucking love you so much um but andy sat and had a lesson with me with screaming but i mean obviously i'm not going to fly back and forth to sweden every other week uh that would be expensive um so it it was really cool that both of them kind of got me started in down that path of of learning and trying to seek out help but um you know i finally found someone that i will be with bi-weekly and um yeah so i mean i'm still kind of in the middle of of my singing journey you know even though like i just finished recording our second record last month already oh, so nice. <laughs> well yeah, so um it, it took us such a long time to finish the first record um you know i just there were just various things that happened and then COVID didn't help but because yeah. i was waiting so long you know some of these songs on Full Circle. I started. I recorded five years ago almost. Oh, man. Yeah, and and so I was like, all right, well, you know, I've got other things I, I have to talk about and I want to talk about, and then that's how I got hooked up with uh, with Jacob Herman, and you know, did a record in Sweden last year. Well, we did it in three places. Uh, we did it in Detroit. We did it in Sweden, and we did it in New Orleans, and uh, specifically Gothenburg in Sweden. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm doing okay if I'm getting to go to those places to make music.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, pretty, it's pretty
1: cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was honestly, man, I tried so hard not to come back from Sweden. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love and miss everyone over there so yeah. dearly. Like I made family when I went there, like I didn't make friends, I made family. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was just a, a wonderful experience. And I mean, to go to Viking country to write a metal record, come
0: up. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> you know, like it was, it was awesome. I've never felt more safe in my entire life. Cause all these, cause you know, I'm, I'm like five, eight um, <laughs> and like everyone else over there is like six foot, whatever. And absolutely gorgeous, but like could rip you to shreds with their bare hands if they wanted to, cause <laughs> they're fucking Vikings. <laughs> but yeah
0: yeah yeah i went to, to berlin oh man like 12 years ago at this point and yeah it's one of those similar things where you're just like i, I never want to leave this yeah. is where i want to stay and spend all my time oh uh, dude
1: I, I i love europe it was uh it was my first time over there i'm uh, i'm looking to go back and um you know especially once we get the second record ready to release. I definitely plan on doing uh, at least two album release shows over there. Um, And and funny enough, uh, because of that recording process that I did over there, that's how I met um, Jenny Nord from Rave the Requiem. And uh, she features on, what is it, track nine, I think it is, uh, in silence, or maybe it's track eight. I think it's track eight. But she uh, she's just a wonderful, wonderful vocalist, and I absolutely love her band. And the opportunity came up for us to work together on this record, and so uh, I definitely jumped at that. And that became one of my favorite songs on the new record, too.
0: Nice, nice. That's rad. Let's let's talk briefly. What was the music scene like for you in high school? I mean, you you were having bands in like high school and after, like. But what was the music scene? Was there a good local scene that you were involved in? Was it difficult to like find bands with?
1: You know, if anyone from the Gulf Coast hears this, they're probably going to hate me, but, like, whatever. (laughs) Um, I mean, and so, yes and no. It was kind of a good scene, but at the same time, it fucking was not. At least not for me, anyway. Like, I was always kind of put on the outskirts, like, you know, how bands will have cliques, kind of like you have in high school. Like, there, there was a group of three bands that would always pal around, and then other bands from the area, and we were always kind of looked at as um just this black sheep or it, it, and at least that's how it always felt because um you know like we would never get invited to play local shows like and, and we would do some local stuff obviously but like you know what i'm saying like like if we yeah. ever got shows it was normally us going after them or you know talking to the venue and getting added on like other bands and, and it's not like we were dicks or anything but i, I don't know there was just a weird thing there like 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 ever since i got to michigan like i feel accepted up here i feel like i've made friends with bands up here i feel like i've like, like it's very different up here in michigan than it was in the gulf coast and i mean like um especially after hurricane katrina too man because i was like 15 16 when that happened and it destroyed everything and we went from having you know 40 different venues on the gulf coast to like two or three, you know, cause the insurance and all this, that and the other, but, um, you know, as far as like the music scene community for me, I didn't really feel like there was one. That's why I left. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. I, I would have stayed had there been a reason for me to stay. But I, I, I also realized, and I'm not saying this is true for everybody on the Gulf coast, but it was true for me and it's my truth. But if I would have stayed there and continued to try to pursue what I'm doing now, I I would have blinked my eyes 30 years would have gone by and I would have been doing the same shit that I've been doing. And I was doing some good stuff, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to break through this ceiling that, or, you know, that we were hitting. And, and when I moved up here, I feel like I got, I kind of got hardened if you will like like, i feel like detroit broke me down but built me back up and then it allowed me to break through that ceiling that i was having such a hard time with um on the gulf coast even though like you know um the radio station i will say this though like 97.9 cpr scott kenny um riley and all of those all of them up there like i love them to death and and they gave us a shot like they were always interested in my band but like the local community wasn't. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, um, and, and I think maybe there was a little bit of eh, well, fuck those guys, yeah. You know, cause you know, like my, my first stadium show um was I was eighteen years old and I got to play with Avenge Sevenfold before the Rev died. Um it was Bullet for My Valentine on Scream Aim Fire, um A was on it was it was the Taste of Chaos tour in two thousand eight. um and you know like i think my band had started in like 06 07 and everyone was kind of like well who the fuck is this and then i I don't know if that maybe i'm making this up or not but it it kind (laughs) of felt like that yeah um you know but uh and i'm not gonna say that like i don't have any friends or support from the gulf coast because i absolutely do um you know i definitely um Appreciate those people, but um yeah man, it was it, it was half and half for me. Like it was kinda good, but it was kinda bad and weird because mm-hmm. I felt like I was the odd kid that no one really wanted to play with that much. You know, every now and again they're like, Oh, we'll see what he's up to, but then it was like, eh, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. At least that's how it felt.
0: <laughs> yeah. I get it. Why did you choose Michigan?
1: So um and funny enough, uh Taproot, believe it or not. Um okay my first um u.s tour was in 2013. um my band catharsis had gotten on the same management roster as taproot we got to go out on tour with them and then i became really good friends with all of them um so much to the fact that the touring drummer at the time is the actual drummer on the first riding with killers record that we just released um dave and i basically became inseparable after tour, like, even though he was still in Michigan, we were playing like Call of Duty every single, we still play Call of Duty almost damn, every <laughs> night. It's awesome, you know? And so um, when I left my band, I remember Dave and I had always talked about jamming and being around each other. And so I called him and I was like, Hey man, um, I quit my band and I'm, I'm gonna move to Michigan. We're gonna write a record. And he was like, whatever kid. <laughs> and, I sh- and then i showed up you know nice so um i i knew that if i could get to michigan i could be around dave and um and that's why i came you know was to be around him and and then we wrote a record together
0: nice nice riding with killers where would the name for the band come from
1: so um fun story on that um <laughs> And this is before I moved to Michigan. Um, I had just quit my band. Um, I was about to quit my job and move away. And, um, while I was in the midst of figuring stuff out, I saw an ad to be an extra in the Motley Crue movie, the dirt. Have you seen that? Yeah. So I was in that movie. Um, they filmed it in new Orleans and while I was in new Orleans, um, I ended up meeting a guy on set. His name was Shane, and he's one of my best friends now. Um, and after we got done talking for a little bit, um, exchange numbers, he called me. He was like, hey, man, how would you like to make like two grand in a week? And at the time, you know, I was like, two grand in a week? What the fuck? Like, let's go. <laughs> and, um, and then I got to thinking because he, like, uh, he was like, yeah, man, we're going to go wrap houseboats. And I had no clue what he was talking about and then as we were talking more and more about it i was like yeah man i'll definitely go up there with you he uh he hits me up and he changes how we're getting there like four different times he's like oh we're gonna fly oh we're gonna take this no we're gonna do that no we got to get this vehicle and blah 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 and so i started getting a little paranoid and i called a mutual friend of ours and i was like hey man um is is shane cool or am i gonna end up scattered in like five trash bags along the highway you know um <laughs> you know because it's like why would this random dude offer me something so badass after just meeting me and um and then he started my buddy matt starts laughing his ass out he's like bruh he's like shane is one of the coolest people you'll ever meet if that's what he says it's gonna be that's what it's gonna be just go with him and um it became this whole big joke while we were up there because obviously he told shane about it and shane was like yeah man, he thought i was gonna like, murder you or something and Um, you know, the name riding with killers popped into my head and, um, ended up having, by the way, like one of the coolest weeks of my life. We, uh, we wrapped two actual houseboats on the water with, uh, vinyl, um, graphics Oh, and um it was for margaritaville and if you go up to lake lanier georgia you can see both of them like that was me and my buddy shane like we were working till like midnight every night but um that like the dopest houseboat community like smoked weed with them all got drunk with them after we would get done working and uh you know made some really good connections and uh it was just it was a really fucking rad week man and um on the way back i was just reflecting on everything and then riding with killers popped into my head just because of you know we were still laughing about that and i was like huh that's kind of a cool name i was like i can have fun with merch i can have fun with movie villains or you, you know what i'm saying like i i it, it sounded like a name that i could have fun with when it came to to marketing, to merchandise, to um, the way that we present ourselves. And then it was like, okay, we can acronym this. Now we've got RWK, which is like rock, you know, a little cheesy, but hey, whatever, it works. And um, the the main factor of all of that is that there was not another band out there called Writing With Killers. And, you know, that's a rare thing to find a band name that hasn't already been used by a thousand other people out there and 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 on top of that you know instead of like making up a word or some goofy spelled something um you know it's easy to remember so um it just it reminded me of a really great week and um you know it just it just sounded like fun and that's where it came from
0: just released this record Full Circle where would the title and concept for this album come from you said the songs are like old and it's taken a while is that just kind of where the title comes from
1: <laughs> no um so the, the the title the album artwork front and back and the first song on the record are all tied together it's all tied together um basically um there uh, the the photo that i took on the front of the record um i, I took that photo in the bahamas the, the the cab driver on the island was named circle and i had enough battery life on my phone to call him and i was like hey man i'm lost can you please come get me and he was like yeah man i'm having white- dinner with my wife you're out of luck and then he hangs up on me
2: okay. and <laughs> um,
1: i was like i was like what the fuck and uh you know we ended up having a big argument the next day because obviously i got home safe but um you know we ended up making up and 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 it just it, it it felt like a very full circle moment to be lost and then found again but in the same spot as before and then you know um just the way that this album released and and the way that things have been going in my life you know um the term full circle just seems so relevant to me and um it meant a lot so it's 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 a couple of different things you know but um Yeah, man. I I feel like I'm, I'm where I was 10 years ago with my other band, but this time I'm doing it much more efficiently. I'm doing it better. And now I'm the one like fully, totally in control. So I can't get fucked over by anybody. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's full circle in itself that I landed back in the spot and kind of like this year, you know, like, um, we're playing the whiskey, and 10 years ago in 2014 i played the whiskey i was the opening band now we're the headlining band and then same thing with welcome to rockville i did that 10 years ago on the opening stage and now i'm going to be on the main stage with taproot you know so it's it it does feel like everything is coming very full circle but in a much different light so it was it it was a very relevant theme
0: talk to me about uh the novelty project (laughs) ah yeah so um that
1: is uh we started working um with to write love on her arms um about a year and a half ago and we basically um have been raising money for them at our shows and the way that we're doing that is um i i'm an artist with gibson guitars i i signed with them um probably about two and a half years ago. I feel like I'm about to start my third year in March. So yeah, b- basically almost three years ago. God, time flies. Yeah. Um, and, and basically I've just been utilizing my discount that, and, and like we buy, you know, nicer Epiphone guitars that we, um, you know, we, we autograph and we have little voodoo dolls that are associated with our music video. That's coming out next month. Um, but we basically sell the voodoo dolls. We write positive messages on the back and then we raffle off guitars. Um, so, you know, like the people who, you know, grab those voodoo dolls, like they're getting, they're, they're still getting something, but you know, they're giving money to a good cause. But like, if you win the guitar, like you're getting a real les paul you know like it's not a gibson les paul but it's it's an epiphone like it's it's the nice 750 and fifty dollar les paul that you know we're we're trying to get into people's hands so my idea behind it was you know work with this um this company that um you know is very involved in the music scene because if you go to any festival you'll find the right love on her arms out there and um You know, I was just like, man, it'd be so cool that if we're doing something involved with this community, well, let's let's get let's get real instruments into people's hands. Because, like, dude, I fucking hate it when these big bands and big bands are still doing it. They'll they'll grab like a one hundred and twenty dollars Squire bullet or some bullshit like that and be like, here's a guitar from the band. And it's like, man, fuck that, dude. I want a real guitar. Like, If I'm going to win a guitar, I want it to be something that I can play. and and use and and that was my thought it's like you know like i can't give away two thousand dollar less pause right now but i can do this and if you're a musician or you're not a musician well now you've got a great guitar to either learn on or play or use in studio or live so um it was a it was a really cool project that kind of all just like the idea like it was one of those things you think about it and then you've already got it figured out in like five minutes nice um so yeah that's that's kind of what we've been um we've been doing with that and i'm looking to ramp that back up this year especially once we release the novelty music video um i still got the instruments that we used in the rain sequences um so we'll be doing something special with that and and raffling off that guitar and probably that bass as well so um yeah it's uh it's just I, I really believe in what they do and i i want to give back to the community however i can and this felt like a really good way to do that and something that i could you know be decent at yeah, yeah. so and I, I feel like we've raised like uh and we haven't played many shows because um you know taproot kind of took over my life and then also being in studio um but i mean in like three shows i think we raised like 2500 bucks for them nice. you know which you know it's not bad to roll up to a show randomly and say hey buy these voodoo dolls and <laughs> maybe you'll get a guitar and yeah blah blah, blah, blah. so um it's, it's been going really well so far and people seem to be um into the idea
0: nice nice Was Dave being in writing with Killers just how you ended up in Taproot? Uh,
1: Essentially. um, So, basically, Dave started sending the music that we were making to all the guys. And, um, you know, Phil and Steve were like, wow, this is great. Like, um, what's he up to right now? What's he doing? And whenever he told them that I had moved to Michigan um they had started talks about getting back up and um they're you know i'm sure everyone kind of knows but they're on the outs with mike i don't know if that'll ever you know be mended or repaired but um they were like dude call him we we want him to to come play and i I got a call last december i started crying in the middle of a restaurant i was
2: like (laughs) yes a thousand times yes i'll do it
1: um but yeah, it, it definitely helped having Dave, you know, write and record music with me. And, um, you know, it, it was cool. It was very cool.
0: Nice. Nice. You, you just put out this Writing with Killers record. You've recorded the next one. Taproot put out a record last year. What's this year look like? You got a full slate of touring or just kind of take it big slow
1: um, so it's, it's, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, like we've already got, um, a bunch of festivals announced with taproot. We just announced two more shows for Wisconsin today. Um, riding with killers is playing in Lansing tomorrow. Um, we're also going to be in Pittsburgh with our friends and guides, um, in March. So basically, um, what my object or my, my, my goal for this year is, for riding with killers is is kind of now starting to raise that awareness. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing with this radio campaign. You know, like we might have one to three, you know, bigger FM terrestrial rock stations um, and then go after some secondary markets to where we can start building the name underground and, and, and getting the music to more people. Cause I mean, I, I don't have the money to just jump into it authentic radio campaign i mean you're looking at 20k plus and i i don't have a rich mom and dad i don't have rich friends (laughs) um i don't have a financial backer but you know i'm I'm doing this with my business you know so it's i'm doing what i can with what i have until you know it grows and there is an ability to you know get it on a much bigger scale but basically i want to play as many shows as i can um, this year with both bands, you know, um, I I don't know if taproot will do like a full scale, like four to six week long run. I would love to do that, but that's, that's up to them, you know, and, and, and I'm a bit younger than the other guys, you know, I'm 34. The rest of them are 45, 46. They got kids. Mm -hmm. Some have multiple kids, (laughs) Jared. Um, (laughs) that dude has like 30,000 kids. And he's like the best dad in the world. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's the coolest thing. Like Jared's the dad we all wished we had growing up. Um, but, uh, you know, like they're, they're doing the family thing. And um, so what I'm trying to do is, is utilize my time with Taproot. So whenever they're not wanting to be on the road... I can take riding with killers on the road and people you know go back to these markets that i just played with taproot so they're kind of playing off of each other you know yeah. like one's helping the other because it's both fans are doing well i mean that spells good for everybody mm-hmm. so you know i, I i'm kind of trying to use the momentum from both groups to kind of bounce off of one another and just and just really build up a good energy nice so but yeah man it's it's basically starting to let people know who we are and uh attacking some radio and and getting out there and you know getting out of michigan and and playing surrounding states
0: Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening.
2: I never thought so young and alive life as when I'm diving into a tune. And now I'm learning as I listen along, and the wheels are turning, and I started a song.